Hello, hello, friend. Oh my goodness, it's been a minute, but I'm so happy to be in your earbuds while you're working out, doing the laundry, going for a walk, or even just working right now. I have missed you so, so much. You guys, I'm so excited to be diving into this fire episode with you guys today. We are going to be talking about the 10 traits of an empowered woman. And the individual that is joining me is somebody that is a bit familiar to you guys. So um, it's one of my best friends in the whole universe, Rachel Shear. She came onto the podcast a few months ago, and this was to do more so a personal Q&A for her um, and just kind of get her thoughts. She owns a uh, nutrition practice, and she's a functional medicine expert um, in her fields of expertise. And so we had We've been hanging out on a, a weekly basis and we had just went to church and all of a sudden we were just in her car and we said, you know what? We are talking about some of the most incredible things and the, the actual traits that it takes and the qualities of an empowered woman and how she needs to show up for herself and the things that she overall possesses in terms of characteristics and core values. So we literally had some brunch and went straight back home and we had recorded this amazing episode. So I'm so excited for you guys to hear it. So again, we are joined by my very best friend, Rachel Shear, and we are going to talk about the 10 traits of an empowered woman. I hope you love this episode and DM me if you happen to have any additional topics, anything that you want to dive on, uh, dive in on. We have so many amazing topics and episodes coming up here in the next few weeks. So stay tuned. Also, we are going to be start posting on Mondays just to kind of mix it up a little bit, really helping you guys kick off your week with the right mindset that way you can really show up as your absolute best self. So send me a DM if you have any sort of requests or suggestions, but you guys, I'm so excited. Let's dive into this episode. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the show. Today I have on Michelle Stallings with Ambitious and Fit, and she is my best friend in the entire world. (laughs) Seriously, every time we are together, we have the best conversations and I just leave feeling just like on cloud nine. And on today's episode of Sheer Madness, we're going to be talking about the 10 traits of an empowered woman. So this is going to be a badass podcast that we do today because Michelle is one of the most empowering, (sighs) uplifting women you will ever meet in your entire life. And I'm not saying that in any kind of like, (laughs) like joking way. She seriously is just a beautiful soul. And I think you guys are going to take so much about out of today's podcast uh, with everything that we dive into here today. So thank you so much for coming on my podcast, oh, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me. We have we have done maybe one podcast before and that was more of me doing a more personal Q&A with you and mm-hmm. kind of gauging more from your end. But again, as Rachel mentioned, we get together on a weekly basis, sometimes even more than once a week. And we just dive into anything and everything, whether it's business, relationships, personal development, but just like she said, I mean, cloud nine. I mean, I go, I go home and talk to my husband, Tony, about it all the time. And I'm like, oh, I just feel like I can conquer anything mm-hmm. whenever I'm with Rachel. And so that's why we're so pivotal in our own lives with each other and we're best friends. So yeah. thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm super excited to share you with the world. And if you guys have been listening to my podcast for a while, uh, Michelle was on one of the previous episodes that we did where she was e- interviewing me that she was just talking a little bit about. But today we're going to be doing a little bit of a duo podcast podcast and um, talking about the 10 traits of empowered women. Um, And the reason why we wanted to talk about this is because, you know, it is really difficult to find powerful women in your circle sometimes. And it's, I don't know. I mean, there's just not many, (laughs) there's not, there's plenty of women in the world, but at the same time, like you know, as you've been growing up, you may have not had the best friends that you were surrounded with, whether it was in middle school, high school, college, maybe just in your life. But when you all of a sudden meet an empowered woman, you're like, wow, that person is magnetizing. That person is vivacious. That is somebody I want to surround myself by, Mm -hmm. but also it's somebody that I want to be. And so when you find somebody like that, you you want to become that person and you want to do that thing. And so that's what we want to talk about today is just the overall traits of what does that empowered woman, what does she embody? What What is she mm-hmm. all about? And what are those characteristics? Yes, yes. So with number one, me and Michelle were creating this list and we wanted to start out talking about uh, 
setting clear values or being clear on what your values even are. And values basically are your character and what matters most in life. And honestly, for most of my life, I had not sat down and gotten clear on what my values even are. And it wasn't until I got to this place in my life where I was really focused on personal development. And honestly, I'd been in relationships that weren't serving me. And I'm not talking about just romantic relationships. I'm talking about friendships, yes, romantic relationships, maybe even business relationships where you know, it became more apparent that I needed to get clear on what these values really were. And this is so important because these values are going to literally determine everything else in your life. And everything that we're even going to talk about here today, it's going to even go back to what are your core values. And I even want to share with you guys like what my core values are, because I know sometimes it's hard to even think about like, wow, values, like what is, what do mine even look like? Yeah. Um, and it's just literally like, what is most important to you mm-hmm. in your life and you know, what your character is. So for me, um, me and Michelle, like God comes first. We actually just uh, came from church together. We did. Um, and it's just so cool to uh, be around people who also share a lot of your core values. So for me, um, God is one of my core values and that's time spent growing that relationship and developing a connection. Um, the next core value that I have is health, health and wellness. And health doesn't mean just you know a healthy body, although that's a really important part. It also means a healthy mind um, and also a healthy heart. And you know that can also encompass like, confidence in who you are. My next core value is excellence. And this kind of goes back to that growth mindset. And it's pushing yourself to be your your very best. And it's, you know, always striving for the best version of you. And um, also just showing up as the same person in all areas of your life. Definitely. Um, and then my last one is relationships. So just like, you know, Michelle is someone who's incredibly special in my life. It's just prioritizing the people who are important to me and cultivating those relationships. So those are my core values, God, health, excellence, relationships. And um, I've just realized how much it has helped me to just get really, really clear. And I think sometimes we have a general idea, right, of like what our core values are, but we don't really even take the time to like write them down. And I really encourage you to like take the time, write them down. What are your values? And you can kind of shape them more over time um, because it's basically going to just be like a filtering method for everything else in your life. Very true. And I would say that our core values are, of course, very much in line, pretty Mm -hmm. much similar to everything else that we have in our lives. But I would say that, you know, God has definitely been a really big one for me. And um, I had actually, whenever I first had left college, I didn't really have a church home or anything like that. Mm -hmm. But whenever I did go back to church and then I was, uh, I actually got rebaptized. Um, I think whenever I was about 24 years old, 25. And that was really cool. Cause like you get baptized as a baby and like, mm-hmm. you know, of course you don't know. And it's just mainly for the family and the parents and, you know, just in general, but it was so important for around that time to set my own core values and that be one of them because it just transforms your life. So being really clear on your intentions, clear on your core values. So similar one for you there for me. And um, I also think just really, you know, I think integrity is another really big one in terms of core values, Mm -hmm. really staying true to who you are. I think that's really great. But overall, I think very much in line, health, excellence. So the main takeaway for you guys is, you know, make sure that you just even take about five to 15 minutes. Maybe it's on your Sunday. Maybe it's on first thing in the morning when you're working out, listening to this podcast. But take just some moments to then write down, pull up the notes on your phone and just determine what are your top four to five core values in your life that you want to make sure that you can always go back to. Because something that Rachel and I had talked about was at the end of the day, whenever you're making some sort of decision or something comes into your life, an opportunity Mm -hmm. or a change, if it doesn't align with those core values, those four to five things that you wrote down that you are sticking to, then it's a no in your life. Yeah. So just making sure to be very clear 
on your actual core values. And that's so true. And I even like to think of like relationships. How often have you had friends or maybe even been in in a romantic relationship where you felt a disconnect when it came to core values? Like let's say you're somebody who is really driven and you have a growth mindset and like me and you, me and Michelle, we get along incredibly well because we both have like basically the same core values. Um, So we have this amazing connection and we leave each other like feeling like we said earlier, like we're on cloud nine. But like, have you ever been around people who maybe don't share a lot of your core values? And it doesn't mean they can't be in your life, but they may not be, you know, close people in proximity to you where maybe like they they want to go out and, and drink and party, but that's not really part of your value system. So sometimes it can create this disconnect. So it's it's a filtering system that we really want to always refer back to when it comes to relationships. I'd say relationships is like one of the number one things that you'll always kind of refer back to with what your core values are. But honestly, any decision that you make, it's always going to be coming back to these values that we determine. And I think that that is a perfect segue into number two for the traits Mm -hmm. of an empowered woman is surrounding yourself with people that elevate you and that build you up. Mm -hmm. So the stat is that you are the summary or the average of the five people that you hang out with most. So make sure you choose those individuals wisely. Mm -hmm. If the five people that you're around are negative and they complain and things are just not going well for them and life is just coming at them, then you're going to be taking on that energy and notice how you are acting around those people. But let's say you're around people that, you know, elevate you, that are trying to push you to become even better. Maybe they have this excellence in their life that you want to then feed off of and use that as the ability to know that something's possible. You become more of those individuals. So make sure you're surrounding yourself Mm -hmm. with those people. And that's one of the things that I talked to Tony about too, is I'm so glad that I have such wonderful girlfriends in my life that I can actually turn to and know that they're going to build me up versus tear me down or just be this negative gross space that Mm -hmm. is just toxic and I don't want to be around. Yeah. And always like a good method that I use is just like assessing my energy after I've been around somebody because you should feel like a Michelle and I feel, you should feel amazing after you spend time with these people in your life. You should not feel drained. You should not feel empty. You should not feel worse about yourself. And I don't know about you guys, but I've had relationships like that. Like Michelle and I talk from experience um, and having to go through all of these, these things ourselves to really get clearer on them. But like I've been in relationships or I've had friendships where I left just feeling awful about myself. You know, there was a lot of gossiping and talking bad about other people, maybe comparison and, you know, maybe doing things that didn't align with my core values, going out and drinking and partying. And, you know, because that was a lifestyle. And I even think back to like when I was in college and, you know, you just wanted to have friends, you know, and you cared more about quantity instead of quality maybe. So, you know, you did a lot of things that maybe weren't really what you wanted to do. You went out and you, you partied and you just didn't feel so good after. Um, and I know how easy it is to adapt to that. It, it, we don't even think about it in the moment, but we, the people we are literally around, we truly do become like what you just said. Um, I know when I'm around people who like love to go work out and eat healthy, like I just like feed off of that and I like adapt to that. And I'm around people who are like, oh, come on, take a, take some time and just relax. And like, I, nothing against that type of mindset, but I know how easy it is for me to just be like, okay. And I like to think about like the times when I go back home and I'm with my family and I've talked a little bit about my family, even on, you know, my podcast where I come from a family who are alcoholics and things like that. And it's really easy maybe if I'm not even doing the things that they're doing, but my mindset to kind of fall back into that type of a mindset, which is more of like a scarcity mindset. So like this is next to your values, probably the second most important things. It is who the people you surround yourself with. And, you know, sometimes you do have to recreate your circle. And that's something that I've even had to do this last year. My circle has continued to get smaller and smaller and smaller. Um, And then I've had to get more clear on like, okay, like 
I'm incredibly busy. So the people that I do bring into my life and uh, go to church with and go to brunch with, like they, they have to be adding massive value to my life. And um, I don't think it means like completely Xing out people of your life. And I think sometimes people can be listening to this and even go to the extreme, but you know, you can love people from afar. You can love them from afar. You don't have to have them in your circle. Um, And there are friends like, yes, we want to help out. But I'd say most of the people in our circle should be building you up, right? I would say the two things with that are... Number one, hang out with who you want to become mm-hmm. is the main thing there. Like if it's not only act what you want to become or be who you want to become, it's surround yourself with who you want to become. And then also just to your point, be okay with the fact that you might be outgrowing the ones that are around you mm-hmm. and love them from afar. And that's, and that's so important for us, for any age, any, any realm, any spectrum, anywhere you are in your life, you have to understand that it's okay for you to outgrow somebody. It doesn't mean that you love them any less. It just means that your life is going in a certain direction and you need to follow that. Yeah. I I even like to think of like, we're in, we may be doing two very different things, even like when it comes to jobs and careers, but you're going in a very, very similar direction. And mm-hmm. even in romantic relationships, you're, you're very different people. You have an interdependence relationships, but we're going in the same direction. Mm-hmm. And even mentorship is a big part of this as well, too. Um, I love surrounding myself with people who are doing things that I want to do with my life, who are better in areas that I want to get better in. Um, I've worked with my business coach, Bedros Koulian, for the last year um, to help me grow and think bigger in my business. And I've been able to grow that to a place I never even thought imaginable. And then also now I just signed up with Keith Craft. And Keith Craft is the the pastor actually of our church at Elevate Life. And um, now I'm going to grow in my relationships and my, my spiritual life. And, you know, he allows me to think in ways that I couldn't even think. And I even look at his relationship that he has with his wife, Sheila. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like they have this such a beautiful relationship. And if I want to like learn about that and I want to have something similar, I need to like surround myself with those type of people. So I'm a huge believer of like surround yourself with people who are doing things that are better than you, who are far ahead of you and you will absorb that. And if you're the smartest person in the room, you're yes. in the wrong room. And, um, you know, not necessarily saying that with like all of your friendships, but I think in some of the rooms that you're in, you need to make sure you're surrounding yourself with those type of people. Could not agree more. And I think that that also just dives into number three is just making sure that as you're trying to dive yourself in with those people and surrounding yourself with the right folks, you need to be able to set clear boundaries and be able to say no, be able Mm -hmm. to say no for things that aren't serving you. So a really good example of that is I know as, as women, every, we're all people pleasers. That's how we've been naturally raised to be. But in general, it's really important that an empowered woman, something that she characterizes, a trait that she has is that she has the ability to say no and have those clear boundaries mm-hmm. up front. So something that comes to mind for me is with family and friends. So, you know, as you're going from maybe you have like a hundred acquaintances or friends and they're all inviting you to go do things. If you know that that thing that you're about to go do is not going to serve you, or maybe it'll put you in that negative environment, like what we talked about, or maybe it's just something that you have something else that you need to get done. Be okay with saying no. And that's going to be hard, of course, at first Mm -hmm. with friends and family, of course, especially, um, but really just making sure that you say no to the things that make sense and like that your feeling needs to be a no or just a no right now. Mm-hmm. That way you can have more opportunity later. Mm-hmm. I was listening to a podcast and I can't, I honestly can't remember what podcast it was, but what this guy was talking about was with these, with boundaries that we set in our life. Like you can always say no and say, Hey, this doesn't work for me right now. I appreciate the invite. Um, you know, if something comes up and I'm able to make it, I'll let you know. But it's like, you can always say no and then if something else comes back up and you change your mind, you can always go go ahead and do it. Mm-hmm. And I think we oftentimes do the opposite, right? We say, yeah, sure, I'd love to, maybe. And we feel this anxiety kind of 
building up in us. We're like, I have so much I have to do. I'm busy. That's really not something I even wanted to do. I'm exhausted. I feel bad. I feel bad. I don't want to let this person down. And it is really hard when you start saying no more because people maybe aren't even used to it. And I think one of the amazing qualities about women, and we work with a lot of women, is that women will always put everybody else first. Yes. Right? We always put everybody else first. And that's honestly what makes women incredible leaders, but it's also where... you know, we get to this place of massive burnout and we're not really in our, at the best, most empowered place that yep. we need to be because we can't show up for the people in our lives that we love and we care about when we're not taking care of ourselves first. Yeah, I would definitely say it reminds me of, um, uh, you know, the airlines whenever they talk about whenever your mask, whenever the max, uh, oxygen masks drop, mm-hmm. how you need to put your own on first before you any assist anybody else. So really it's prioritizing yourself and what you need to do. Take care of yourself the way you can take care of others and you can be the best for others. That's so important. And I mean, anybody that is a mom that, or even a dog mom out there, or Mm -hmm. even just, you know, maybe a best friend or a daughter or maybe a girlfriend or a wife, before you take care of everybody else, take care of yourself. Mm -hmm. Find out what you need to do. Set those clear boundaries. That way you can be the best version of yourself that way you can be the best for others. I saw this quote actually recently and it was like, if someone's setting boundaries, it's because they want to keep you in their life Mm -hmm. and they're not trying to push you away. Because I think sometimes when we do put everybody else first and we say yes to things that we actually want to say no to, we start resenting that person. We start getting angry with them. We start getting angry with ourselves and it actually does the opposite for the relationship. So actually setting boundaries, saying no to the things that don't serve you and doing it in a, like a very nice, respectful way. Of course, like me and Michelle, we say no to each other all the time. Yeah, <laughs> Like seriously, she's like, Hey, you want to go do this? I'm like, Oh no, I have this going on. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. I'm just staying home. Like she'll be like, I'm just staying home with my husband tonight. We're going to have a night in. And we're like, great. Awesome. <laughs> like, but we're like, we care about the relationship. So we're like, Hey, let's go do something maybe next weekend. Let me know if that works for you. And sometimes like weeks go by we don't see each other. We stay in contact and we have great communication about it. Um, but we're able to say no and also have that respect for each other. So um, I think it's, if you think about it, it is for the relationship and anybody kind of going back to the people you surround yourself with, anybody who shares those similar values as you, and they're the people that build you up, they're going to respect those boundaries. Um, and if they don't, if there's someone who give you massive pushback, maybe that's someone that you want to assess of like, okay, does this fit with my core values going back to that filter? And and then are these the type of people that I want to have in my circle? With that also, you need to then also take that on your side too. So if somebody happens to tell you no, Mm Make sure on the flip side, if that's what you're expecting, do what's expected of you. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Mm -hmm. So if somebody tells you no, don't take it personally Mm -hmm. and just allow them to be able to also become that empowered version of themselves and respect their boundaries as well. So as much as you want to take that on, make sure you're giving that as well. I think that's sometimes even harder too. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Well, I think it's easy to always think it's like about us. Like it's like, oh, what did I do? It's about me, but it's not always about that. And that's just like having clear communication communication with people in your life. So um, number four of being an empowered woman is she is future focused and she's not living in the past. And um, I listened to the Ed Milet podcast. If you can't tell, we're very personal development based, all this name dropping. Um, But Ed Milet uses the word blissful dissatisfaction. And I love this so much because um, blissful dissatisfaction basically means like, I'm happy with where I'm currently at, but I also know that there's so much more for me and I'm striving for more because sometimes like, yes, when we're like in this massive personal development mode, we can not always be so present in our life or we maybe are even have an unhappiness um, in our life. And that's something that I know a lot of overachievers struggle with. It's something I can even attest to that I've struggled with my life um, where I'm like, okay, when I, when I get there, then I'll be happy. And when I'll get there, then I'll be happy. So I think when we think of blissful dissatisfaction, it's like, okay, I'm so happy with this journey, with where I'm at in my life. Um, but I also know, like I said, there's so much more for me and then I'm going to continue to strive for more. 
it's falling in love with the process and just the overall journey. Because once you then get there, you're always going to want more. You're all, the grass is always greener on the other side. So similar to Rachel, I am also an overachiever. We are both a mm-hmm. three on the Enneagram. If you haven't taken that test, it's a great personality test. Highly recommend. But it's just remembering that we need to be present, but also be thankful that also just make sure you're not living in the past because if you are looking at the past, make sure you just say thank you for your past because look at it as how you how far you've come. But similar to the trait is that you're future focused. You know that things are coming down the road. You have these amazing achievements. And the book that I instantly think of is Atomic Habits. Mm-hmm. So the smallest little changes, then they create this massive momentum that take you so far. So maybe it's just a small change in terms of maybe putting your together your workout clothes next to your closet because you already had the workout outfit all set up, but then you walk into your closet, they're already sitting there, you put them on and you go work out. It's just that additional habit that takes all that momentum forward. So future focused is staying present today, but then also knowing that big things are happening in the future and you're doing little things each day to help you get there, but enjoy the journey the whole way. Yeah. And I do want to know, like there will be failure along the way. And, you know, it's, we don't want to live in the past, but we also do want to look back at the past and use that as information of how we can grow and become better. Guys, I can't tell you how many things that I've messed up in my life when it comes to business, you know, fitness, my health, you know, I've taught you guys, I've heard my whole story about um, my gut issues and everything that I've gone through. And that came from, you know, pushing my body too hard, but that information now led me to my current and future success. So if we can like look at these past things that we've walked through, you know, things that maybe we view as failures, which inevitably aren't failures, is just information um, as to what we need to do better, what we need to grow in. I mean, that's just having an empowered mindset. That's having that abundance type mindset of like, okay, where where am I going to go now with this? And how can I use this to actually serve me? Yeah. Failure is just feedback. That's all it is. Every mm-hmm. single time. Um, if anybody has seen, of course, the dark, uh, the dark, excuse me, the dark night movie. And, um, if they've ever seen, of course, like the Batman where he talks about, you know, falling down, he says, son, why do we fall down? So that way we can get back up. Mm-hmm. It's the eight times, it's the seven times falling down and the eight time is the, is you getting up. So, any empowered women, they are not afraid to fail because of that information gathering, because they know it's going to only get better from there. So use failure as feedback, which then leads into you learning and growing mm-hmm. and developing as a person. Because if something didn't work, cool, pivot, shift, mm-hmm. go forward with something else. You know what works and what doesn't. Mm-hmm. I love the, the quote, like it's like fail and fail often, because sometimes we look at Failure is kind of like the end of the road, but it's really not. It's the end of the road when you stop moving. And that's is where I feel like a lot of us feel quote unquote stuck Mm -hmm. too, because how how many of you guys have ever been like stuck in like a life decision and you're just not moving? Like you're literally like, I don't know what to do. Like, should I go this way? Should I go this way? Should I make this decision? I've been there probably so many times in my life, business decisions, people I was maybe in a relationship with. And, you know, in those moments, the best thing you can do is, is pick a path and just go because you're either going to realize like, Hey, this isn't the right path for me. And I'm going to pivot. I'm going to go this direction. And I'm going to look at this as a lesson of something of like, now I know more about myself and it's something that I was able to grow in and maybe develop some skills along the way. I even like to think of like, before I had my entire nutrition practice, I was working for a physician's private practice for him. I was making $15 an hour and I was doing some blood draws and I knew it was not something that I wanted to do long-term. Like this was not the end of the road. And I don't view that by any means as a failure, but I also remember thinking at the time, like I went to Baylor for nutrition and dietetics and this is not where I want to be. But that was just such a crucial path for me. And if I didn't do that for that period of time, I would have not have been able to develop the skills or even some of the mindset that I needed to, to run my entire nutrition practice. So I could have looked at that as like, right in that moment, right. As a failure, like I'm not working as a registered dietitian in a hospital. I'm not doing what I actually went to college with, but I had to do that in order to get the information and the knowledge that I needed to, to get me to where I am today. And I used that information to 
literally have like one of the best top rated nutrition practices here in the Dallas Fort Worth area now. 100%. And also people need to understand that success is not just a point A, point B, incline, straight uh, straight arrow all the way up on the graph. Like it's nothing like that. Success is, it has so many ups and so many downs. Mm-hmm. It's going to literally look like a heart rate monitor just consistently. So just remembering that it's just part of the process, but remain future focused, remain accepting of failure because it's going to happen, but again, do it often because it's only going to take you further than you ever have ever imagined before. So stay future focused. Don't live in the past, but use the past as information. Yes. And then number five is she lives her purpose and passions. And when I think of like purpose and passions, I just think of like, what is it that like feeds your soul? Like, what do you love doing? Like when you wake up and you're excited about that and, you know, we'd all like that to be our job and our career. I know like for me, part of it is my job and career, but I also know I probably am not going to do one-on-one coaching for the rest of my life. Um, I know my purpose and my passion is health, kind of going back to my core values. It's also helping people. I love people. Um, So, you know, I think purpose is sometimes um, who you are and even going back to what some of your core values are, but the avenue always changes. So I think it is, what is it that like feeds your soul? And sometimes you may not know even what it is, even in this very moment. I don't feel like I knew what my purpose was if you were to ask me like five years ago. So people may be even listening here and being like, man, I don't, I don't know what my purpose is. Like, what is my purpose? And I think that's perfectly okay because the empowered woman will be asking that question. They will literally be like, like they will be like, what is my purpose? And they will be trying to find the answers and going in the direction of trying to figure out their purpose, maybe feeling along the way, you know, looking towards the future, like what we just talked about. Um, so it's not always knowing exactly what your purpose is, I think, but it, I think it's the pursuit for my purpose and what feeds my soul. Yeah, I would definitely say that my purpose is leaving the world better than I than I found it mm-hmm. and making sure that you know I can make a massive impact on so many women that need it. So for instance, you know me Five, seven, five to seven years ago, I was, you know, in this dark place. I wasn't where I wanted to be. And I, moving forward and going through the past five years of my life has been so transformative. I want to go back and help the previous me. I want to help everybody that I can and just leave a good, positive impact. And so to your point, maybe you don't know what your purpose is quite yet, but that's okay. So just to give you an example, I was extremely nervous about four years ago public speaking, doing presentations, anything like that. And I'm sure so many people can resonate with this. I think there was some statistic I read about that was like only one out of like four individuals was comfortable speaking Mm -hmm. whenever they were back in high school. And I'm sure it's even more now, but I was not comfortable. I got nervous. Yeah. And, and, but what's great is that like now one of the biggest pieces and purposes that I have is I have the ambitious and fit podcast and Mm -hmm. podcasting has definitely fulfilled some of my purpose there, but also I present, I, um, you know, I do public speaking events and really, and for some reason, when all of a sudden I hop up on this stage four years later, when I used to literally Mm -hmm. freak out and be so nervous, I was so queasy. I would stutter over my words, fast forward three to four years. I see that as one of the biggest pieces of the purpose because my overall goal is to make an impact on people's lives. So for those of you who don't know your purpose right now, you will find that purpose and it will hit you like a freight train Mm -hmm. and you'll realize that that's something that you want to do. And so um, just really take on your purpose and, and really just love your life and go for it. Yeah. And I love what you said about like, my purpose is through these different avenues. Cause that was like what I was saying a minute ago. It wasn't specifically like to this job or just that speaking event. Your purpose was to make an impact. Yeah. And leaving people better than you found them. And I think you, you live that purpose, you know, even in our relationship and our friendship, like I said before, I leave feeling amazing. Like she's living that purpose that has nothing to do with her job her career, how much money she's making. It is just how she shows up. Her purpose literally is herself. And I think that's, if we start thinking about our purpose in that way, you know, in every encounter that we have with the people that we meet with, with yes, our job, with our relationships, it's like, how am I living my purpose? Agreed. 100%. 
So number six, we have that the empowered woman, she stands up for what she believes in and she is not afraid of the status quo. So the best quote that I could think of when it comes to this is an empowered woman. She is a lion. She is not a sheep. She does not just go into the mold with everybody and anybody. If they say go right, she she goes right. No way. She is not afraid to say, is right the best option or is left the option that works best for me mm-hmm. and what I want to do? And Empowered women, they know how to speak up and stand up for what they believe in. So if, for instance, they have an idea and they know this idea is going to work and everybody is doubting them left and right, they say, you know what? I got this. I I know that this is right. Here's the reason why. And they put it all together and they provide that information. But they're not afraid to you know, break away from the pack. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I even put a quote here that was like, get around people who talk about vision and ideas instead of other people. And I know there's been many times in my life where I was like with a group of people, and this even goes back to number two, the people we surround ourselves with though, but where like, it was just a bunch of gossiping or doing things that didn't fit with my core values and didn't want to be the, it wasn't the kind of group I wanted to be around. And I had to leave. Um, I had to stand up for, you know, myself or maybe even the people that they were talking about. Um, I'm a big person of like, Hey, that's my friend. You can't talk about my friend or, Mm -hmm. you know, I just like surround yourself with people who are talking about bigger ideas instead of other people and being okay to stand up. I think sometimes, um, as women, we also like we have, we don't like confrontation. No. And I don't think anybody like likes confrontation. Yeah. Um, but I think when you can just stay true to your values and stay true to what you think is right. So it kind of goes back to integrity. Um, so like if you're one of your core values is integrity, when you're around things that, you know, are disrespectful that are, are gossiping, you know, that's not something you're going to stand for. And it's not something that you're going to be able to surround yourself with. And just because something is normal, doesn't mean something that is like you're going to follow like the sheep, like you were saying. Couldn't agree more. And I think this even goes into trusting your gut instinct. And I think this just goes back into um, making decisions about what you feel is best for you and trusting that instinct. I think women even have this intuitive instinct and this gut. And I can even think about many times in my life where sometimes things just didn't feel right in my Mm -hmm. body. And I always like to go back to my body because I'm somebody um, with my feminine energy, like I lead with my heart. Um, And then my brain will kick in and it'll be like, (laughs) it'll be like, oh, what about this? And what about this? And if I can really kind of go back to what is my initial instinct as to what feels right in my body and my heart, that's always been, you know, the best decisions that I've ever made. So I'll even go back to working with my business coach, Federos. I had been wanting to work with a coach for the longest time. And I had multiple coaches reach out to me and I had been trying to like mentally process it. I was like, well, he's great in this and this, and maybe we could be doing this. And um, when I, and I had known Bedros, but I had heard him on a podcast and he was talking with another registered dietitian that he had worked with and that had brought him to this incredible place. And I knew in that moment that I was going to work with Bedros. Like it was like one second, I'm all in. I texted Bedros and I was like, Bedros, I want to do your one-on-one coaching. We hopped on a call that afternoon and then I wired him the $50,000 and I worked with him. And, um, and I knew immediately, like there was not a single hesitation and like, that was my gut instinct. And that was one of the best decisions that I ever made in my entire life when it comes to my business, I will say. And it's like every decision I think that I made like that has always been like the most incredible thing for my life. And when I even think about the decisions that maybe I wasn't leading with my heart, I wasn't leading with my gut. And maybe my gut was even telling me like, Hey, this relationship isn't right, but I, and I wanted it to be, and I'm kind of trying to mentally wrap my brain around it or convince myself. Like it, it always was one; <laughs> it didn't work out. So yeah. I think just being an empowered woman is is trusting that instinct and it's trusting your own intuition and leaning into that more. And I think that's something that also takes a bit of practice because if you're someone who comes from maybe a lot of trauma, it, it is hard to always trust that instinct. And it's something that I know I've struggled with a lot. Um, but through repetition of just like 
asking myself questions like, how does this feel in my body? It's like what we talked about with the people you surround yourself with. Like, how do you feel yeah. after you, you leave with this person? Yeah, it's either a heck yes or a heck no. That's pretty much where it's at when it comes to your body. Like not only are you listening to your body when it comes to your health, your fitness, anything like that, it comes with your gut and your intuition. Um, The example I think of is, so I work for a software company and one of the things that I had done whenever I first had started at the company was I wanted to do fitness competitions. I wanted to give them a shot, um, but I was worried because there was nobody at my company no one that had ever stepped on a stage, never did a fitness competition. And so I all of a sudden had this feeling of, oh my gosh, everybody's going to judge me. Who am I to do that? A little more of an imposter syndrome. But my gut was telling me the entire time, come on, you got to do this. You've always wanted something to help further self-develop yourself. You wanted to, you want to see how far your body can go, how far you can go in discipline and mentality. So I even turned to my husband and I said, I don't know if I should do this. I feel like, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm going to be judged right. And he goes, who cares? (laughs) Who cares? What's your gut telling you? What is your body telling you? And, and I jumped in head first. I did the exact same thing you did with Bedros where I called the coach and I was like, all right, here's the $3,000. I'm ready. And they're like, whoa, you want to do six months already and prep for it? And I'm like, yeah, I'm all in. I have to do it. My body's been telling me. And I put that off for over six months. And I Mm. had that lingering moment and that intuition of like, come on, you've wanted to do this. Follow me, follow me. And I let other people's opinions take that over for a bit, Mm -hmm. which is very natural for us. As you said, it takes practice. So the moment that I trusted my gut and I went all in to this day, that was one of the best things. That was the biggest teaching moment that I ever had in success, failure, all of the above, which then led me to where I am today. And same thing had happened with the podcast. I kept on putting off for two years. I wanted Mm -hmm. to have that podcast, the Ambitious Invit podcast. I wanted to start that. And I kept giving myself the excuses when my gut was like, hey, you have to do this. You know you got to do it. It's time. Go for it. And so all of a sudden when COVID, well, the pandemic had hit, all of a sudden I kept telling myself this whole time I had no time to do it. I was scared of the equipment. I was scared of all of these things. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden COVID hit and I turned to Tony, my husband, and I was like, oh my God, I was just given the gift of time and now I can start my podcast. He's like, yeah, get the equipment, let's go. And now that thing has just exploded and Mm -hmm. become this beautiful thing. So really honing in on those examples that Rachel and I provided, guys, listen to your gut. It's either a heck yes or a heck no. And fall in love with the fact that it's, you know, maybe the thing that you're being drawn to is uncomfortable, but outside of your comfort zone is where the most amazing things happen in your life and in your body and everything. So trust your gut and your intuition that's it. 100%. And I think even sometimes it's, we, we kind of like to ask around, right? Like, mm-hmm. what do you think? What do you think? What do you think? Instead of really leaning into our own intuition and listening to like what our gut is telling us. So I think that empowered women is, we, we take other people's opinions. Like we respect it. And I'm a big believer of like, Hey, if there's someone in an area that's thriving, for example, if I want to get relationship advice, I'm going to eat, ask someone like Keith Craft, who has like this incredible marriage and relationship. I want to get advice from that guy. If I want to get business advice, you know, I'm going to go ask Bedros. So it's like, it's not, not asking for advice. That's not at all what I'm saying, but I think it's also, we get so much influence and this could be like social media influence. This could be our family and people like trying to kind of put different thoughts of like what you, they think you should do. So I think that empowered women also just is like, Hey, what is going to be best for me? What do I think is right? You know, trusting maybe the opinion of people like she respects in the areas of her life that like she wants to do better in. But I think at the end of the day, it is leaning into like, what do I feel like is going to be best for me? Because honestly, when I signed up for Bedros's coaching, um, I told my family and I actually told them like I paid like $25,000 to work with Bedros. And they were like, are you crazy? Why would you do anything like that? Like that doesn't make any sense. But I knew like undoubtedly, like in my gut, like, no, this was like the right decision. But if, if I like would have let everybody else's influence kind of dictate that decision, I wouldn't be where I'm at here today. Nope, not at all. Yeah. So number eight then is, is loving your 
self and loving your body. And when I think about this as being an empowered woman, um, putting your health, your wellness, your mindset, and health can be more than just your physical health. It's mm-hmm. it's your spiritual health. It's your mental. mental health as well too. Putting that first, you know, that's what I think of when I think of a woman who is empowered and being someone who is a nutrition coach. Um, you know, I kind of get two types of clients sometimes. And I get the client who comes in who, you know, is maybe coming from a place of like, I'm not good enough. I want to punish my body. You know, I'm working out because of these foods that I ate that, you know, I'm regretting. And, you know, it's, it's almost coming from a place of shame mm-hmm. and you can't shame yourself to wellness and you can't discipline yourself to wellness. And I don't mean discipline in like a healthy discipline in your punishment. life. When I say that, I'm talking about punishment. Yeah. You can't punish or shame yourself to health in wellness. And so the empowered woman, when it comes to like health and wellness, like I want to work out because I want to be the strongest version of myself. I want to eat these healthy foods because they, they nourish my body and they fuel my workouts that I'm busting my butt in for. And it's doing these things for ourselves to better ourselves, not to punish ourselves. Couldn't agree more. And self-care is, you have to prioritize self-care in order to be able to show up as your best self, even for others at the end of the day. So, so a great example is Rachel and I, we love to, we love to work out. That's our, that's our thing. I would say I am the earliest bird. (laughs) Probably I wake up at 4.30 AM. Earlier than me even. Earlier than most folks. Um, and I wake up at 4.30 and I think there's something just so sacred about the mornings being up before anybody else in the world. And Rachel agrees with this too, because we both, you know, message each other while we're on our walks. But I I get up and I I read a devotional and then I go ahead and I go work out. And that one hour of me working out, sure, it's to work on my own physical fitness, but more than anything, it's for the mental fitness. Mm -hmm. I'm able to listen to a podcast like this one, or I'm able to listen to some good music, move my body. That's when I have the most creative time. That's when nobody else is asking me for anything. That is strictly me time. And that is my own self-care. So whether it's, you know, you're working out, or maybe it's you are taking a bath at the end of the day because the kids were Mm -hmm. maybe throwing stuff at at your face and you needed the husband or somebody else to take them far away. That way you could just have a moment to yourself. Or maybe it's even just going on a walk by yourself outside and giving yourself that moment to breathe and be present. And that's another version of self-care like you mentioned too. Mm -hmm. I love asking yourself the question, what can I do for myself here today or even in this moment when you're having a moment maybe where you're feeling really stressed out, overwhelmed, like what can I do for myself today? And honestly ask yourself, how often do you even ask yourself that question? Um, And I I had a really emotional week a couple weeks ago. There was a lot of things going on in my life. Um, My dad, my stepdad, who's been dealing with cancer and I was just having a really, really tough day. And I just asked myself that question. I was just like, what can I do for myself today? And honestly, you know what it was? It, it was canceling everything that I had going on. It was going for a walk. It was going to work out. It was crying. I allowed myself to like yeah. cry and do things like that. And it was the best thing I could have ever done for myself. I was like, what do I need to do for myself today? And it's even on those days too, where maybe like, you feel exhausted and you feel run down because I think we know the difference between like the, I don't feel like it. I just don't really want Mm -hmm. to like that kind of like that laziness thing. Um, or like my body's telling me I need a rest day. Like I just need to kind of relax today. I need to take that like bath and maybe need to go get a massage or maybe I just need to like, Hey, just do absolutely nothing. Um, and I think it's like, is it going to leave you better than where it found you before? And kind of going back to that question. And that's when it comes down to self-care because I get asked, my, my clients ask me that all the time. How many rest days should I be taking and things like that? I'm like, you know, I think it, it, it really ultimately depends. Um, you know, I'm a big believer of like, when my body is telling me it needs to rest, I'm going to allow it to rest. And, you know, there's the difference between just like the whole, I don't feel like that. And I think it even comes down to things like cheat meals. I could ask yep. how often should I have a cheat meal and do things like that. And it's like, okay, so 
there's times where eating that pizza and having that piece of cake, that is something that I think is for you. You're like, I want to do it. You know, this is something that, you know, is going to make me feel good. It's a celebration. And then there's other times too, where maybe, you know, we're coming at it from like a place of this is just like comfort and I'm feeling bad about my body and you feel worse after. I know sometimes like when I went out with like, um, uh, one of my friends here last week and I had some pizza, like I felt great after I was like, Mm -hmm. hell yeah, that was a great time. I had so much fun. I didn't feel bad about it by any means, but how many times have you gone out and maybe you've eaten the foods or you've had the alcohol that you really didn't ultimately want to, and you felt worse after. So it's like, just like the friends thing. Um, like how do you feel after? I think it comes down to that. Like, is this for you? And that's ultimately what self-care is. I still go back to the fact that women are so, um, that we have such a, a beautiful emotional relationship with ourselves, and that we are so intuitive. We need to use that in order to be able to listen to our bodies and what we need in those moments when those things occur. So I could not agree more with you on that. Yeah. And then she bets on herself. And I just even want to go back to my story of Badros and signing up with his coaching because in that moment, I had to truly bet on myself in a place where everybody was like, are you freaking crazy? So by investing $50,000 into a coach, I had to believe that I was going, that was going to bring me so much further ahead. Like it was, it was an investment. It was not an expense to me. So I had to bet on myself that I was going to be able to get to the place that I am today, that I was going to be able to build the practice and the client base. Like I had to believe into myself fully. So I'd say the empowered woman, she truly believes in herself. She believes in her purpose. She stands true to her values. And that's something I just like, I can't reiterate over again. Yeah. And the thing is, is that we have to all remember that your dream is your dream alone. No one is going to love your dream more than you love yours. No one is going to bet on you more than you have to bet on yourself. So if you want something, you are going to have to go all in. You are going to have to trust yourself and be okay with the you know, you have to fall in love with the unknown and truly be able to bet on yourself and confidently say, I'm going all in. I'm going to do this thing, whether it's for your business, your fitness, your relationships, anything that you're doing, you have to bet on yourself overall because it's it's for you at the end of the day. You have to live with yourself every single day, every second, every minute. So make sure that you're betting on yourself. You're worth it. Mm-hmm. You are worth it and you can do it. Yeah. And then now that leads us to (laughs) number 10. Um, In The Empowered Woman, she doesn't compete with other women. Like Mm -hmm. I love seeing other women win because it shows me that I can too. Comparison is the absolute thief of joy. 100%. And the thing is, is that whenever people, whenever you see women competing with other women, it's just this, ugh, gross cattiness. And I almost feel like we got that impression that that's how it should be from movies, maybe media, something like good entertainment, but also just from a, a place of, you know, there's not enough people in this industry. It's a scarcity mindset. It is. It's yeah. a scarcity mindset. That there's not enough to go around. Absolutely. Yeah. But here's the thing is that, number one, whether you're in a saturated industry or not, guess what? Your superpower is that you are you and nobody else is like you. Mm-hmm. So there's plenty of room for everybody to grow. Rachel and I love seeing each other exploding in our in our oh, businesses, yeah. in our podcasts, in our relationships, anything that we do. We are building each other up. We're celebrating each other's wins. Also, we remind each other as well that we should celebrate the small wins because we're getting better at that. We're trying to get better at it, but in general, it just, we need to come together as women and we need to help elevate each other and empower one another because at the end of the day, there are no winners and losers from that perspective. It's all of us coming together and being able to lift each other up. That's what's most important. If you are comparing yourself to somebody else, just know that your chapter one is not going to be somebody's chapter Mm -hmm. 20, but also if, if I'm looking at, you know, somebody that I look up to or a role model or one of my coaches and mentors, I'm like, man, I really wish that I could be there. I, I'm not looking at her and thinking, oh, I, I need to compete with her. I need to be better than her. I use her as the example of mm-hmm. what is possible. Mm-hmm. I use her as my example. If she can do it, so can I. 
Yeah. I even like to think of like my business too, like when it comes to like collaborations and it's really easy to think of like other nutritionists and other people who are in the functional medicine industry of like, oh, this is a competition and they're going to take my clients or they're going to take my audience away from me. And the reality is when I actually do the exact opposite and I come together and I work with this people, for example, like Michelle, she has her own clients and she runs the ambitious and fit podcast. And we actually make each other better and we build on each other. We don't take away from each other and we just add value to each other. So I think if you can look at it that way, like, Hey, I can help you. You can help me. We actually make each other better. Like how can I add value to this person in my life? How can we help each other out? And I love what you said about like, it's not a competition. I think like that's media. That's kind of Design it as like, hey, this is a competition, woman against women, who's going to get the guy and things like that. But the reality is there's no competition. There really, really isn't. And when we stop viewing it that way, we can really just help each other evolve in all of these different industries. You know, what's really great is that um, I just thought about how some of you may have heard on the other podcast about how Rachel and I had actually met was through um, a supplement company that I that I'm sponsored by Man Sports, and we had a a female workshop, mm-hmm. and this was about uh, four years ago, four or five, about four years ago, three four years ago. And all of a sudden, we had this workshop. We were doing this great big boot camp workout. It was awesome, and all of a sudden, like I saw this amazing girl walk in with the perfect body. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is great. And then all of a sudden, Rachel just started speaking. We met instantly. We fully connected. It was incredible. But what I think about whenever I think of this last trait with, you know, we don't compete with other women, I also think about how us coming together and empowering one another and introducing each other to other people, mm-hmm. if it wasn't for Katie at Man Sports or Steven at Man Sports, I wouldn't have met Rachel and then this relationship wouldn't have evolved to what it is three to four years later and we wouldn't be sitting on this couch having this podcast. Yeah. So we need to be able to empower each other, be with each other, not compete with one another and lift each other up. Because at the end of the day, it's a win-win-win for everybody. So I just think that's very important. Yes. Just made me think of I us. Could, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> yes, thank you, Katie and Mansports. So let's do a little bit of a recap here now about the ten traits of an empowered woman. So number one, she is clear on her core values, and I just want to reiterate that one over and over and over again because if. Everything we talked about here today of all of this, the core values will literally be a filter system for everything. And then number two, she surrounds herself with people who elevate her and build her up. So she has empowering relationships. So how do you feel about these people after you're with them? Three, she sets clear boundaries and says no to the things that don't serve her. Four, she is future focused. So she has that blissful dissatisfaction where she's, uh, you know, she's striving for more and she knows there's more out there, but she's also perfectly content with the life that she has. And she's looking at the past as, and failures for opportunity of growth and to become better. Um, five, she lives in her purpose and passions. Six, she stands up for what she believes in and is not afraid to challenge that status quo. Seven, she trusts her gut intuition. Um, Eight, she loves herself, her body. So she does all of that self-care. And when she feels like um, her body needs it, she bets on herself is number nine. And number 10, she doesn't compete with other women. Yeah. So just to round this all out, you guys, giving you these 10 traits. I know that that's something that you guys are going to take. You're going to go into this next week. You're really going to dive in and just say, okay, how am I embodying each of those traits to be that empowered woman, to be that best version of myself and to be what I want to eventually become. But something we want to also highlight is it is just so important that maybe you're using this podcast as maybe getting some mentors and all of those things. But if you aren't working with a coach or with a mentor, definitely something we would encourage you to look into because having someone on the outside, outside of your family, outside of your friends, they give you this brand new perspective of being able to say, oh, you're here right now. You're at point A right now. Let's take you to point Z. Let's take you really far. And here's what you can do in these timeframes. So whether it's in your you know, mental health, your fitness, your relationships, or your business, anything that you want to work on right now, maybe it's something you're really working on for the month of June or July, 
working with somebody else gives you that perspective. And also if you work with a coach or a mentor, similar to what Rachel and I do, we have mentors, we have coaches, mm-hmm. we practice what we preach. Yeah. Um, it's also investing in yourself mm-hmm. and betting on yourself, which was number nine. So really just making sure that you are putting forth that emotional, that financial effort to be able to say, I'm betting on myself and I'm betting on my life to be able to have the absolute best life that I can. Because I know this sounds a bit ridiculous, but we do only live once. We only live for this one life. And it's just really important that we cherish it and we do what we can with the time that we do have on this earth. Yeah. I don't know about you, but like one of my biggest fears is like getting to the end of my life and just not living up to all that God had planned for me and who I could become. Like that is my number one fear. And I think that's what this is truly about. It's just about becoming that best version of ourselves. So thank you, Michelle, for coming here on my podcast today. I know you guys loved her so much and know why I love her so much. Um, So where can people follow you and listen to your podcast? Yes. So my podcast is the Ambitious and Fit Podcast. So the podcast is for fitness, mindset, female empowerment. Um, We also talk a little bit about relationships as well, too, and communication. So all really good things there. Pop on over there for the podcast. Would love to see you there. And I am on Instagram. My Instagram is Michelle underscore Stallings fit. So pop on over, send me a DM if you happen to have any questions or if you are listening to this podcast, we would love for you guys to take a picture of you listening to the podcast, share it to your story and tag Rachel Shear and Michelle Stallings fit. We'd love to see you post it. And we just want to be able to then DM you and say thank you personally, because you know we absolutely love you guys. I think that's just we know that you're capable of so much and you know there's so many good things that are going to be happening in the future for everybody. And so make sure to take these traits and become the most empowered version of yourself. Hey guys, I hope you loved the episode. If so, and you want to share it with your friends, take a quick screenshot and post and tag me on Instagram, Michelle Stallings Fit. I love knowing which episodes are your favorite. Oh, and if you have a minute, head over to iTunes real quick and leave me a review letting me know which episodes you loved and what you want to hear more of. It would mean the world to me. Love you guys and catch you in the next episode.